Welcome to the Kalos Church Podcast. We're so honored that you're joining us today. The word Kalos is a poorly pronounced Greek word that means beautiful. And we believe here at Kalos that the words and the ways of Jesus are very beautiful. That's why each week we're bringing content to make known that beauty. So let's go ahead and jump right in to this last Sunday's sermon. This week's question is a giant question, and it is, who is God? I mean, to try to preach this in 25 minutes, I'll tell you why, it is a tall order. I wore my fall jacket for this, okay, my blazer, because we're going to answer this question today, but I remember being a child and having this picture of who I thought God was. You guys remember what you, what you pictured when maybe your parents told you who God was, and you just had a picture in your mind. So for me, I imagined as a little girl that God was this big giant, you know, kind of like Jack and the Beans. Remember Jack and the Beanstalk and Jack like went from like earth to heaven and there was a giant only God in my picture was not as ugly as the giant in Jack and the Beanstalk. And so in my little girl picture of who God is, I imagined God to be this giant who's laying down and all of his body is like touching all the different countries of the world. Because in my little brain, that was the only way God could be with all of us all at the same time. Do you get it? And so this is how I thought about God. And so uh, I want you to kind of remember what you thought about God, the picture that you had. And I found some kindergartners who also wanted to ask this question, and I find it pretty hilarious, some of the things that that they thought. So let's watch this video. I would say a bright light. God looks like awesomeness. That's kind of a hard question. (laughs) God looks like a flower. Hmm, don't know. Uh, Well, he would live pretty much in anyone's house, and anyone who believes in him. I thought my my papa, uh, Jesus, lives in California. God lives in heaven. Where's heaven? Space. (laughs) On the beach. Jesus lives in heaven and in our hearts. California, huh? How ironic that Pastor Brieben's in California today. Well, A.W. Tozer says this. He says, what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. And he wasn't just talking to believers. He was talking to all of humanity. What we believe about who he is is the most important thing about us. And some of us, we don't even really know who God is. We're still in discovery. Is God energy? Is God the moon, the stars, the earth? If someone asked us who God is, would we be able to answer this question? Is God to us what someone else told us that he was? So we're really beginning to understand and look deeply into the scriptures. And I have a ton of scriptures for you today. And you should be worried if your pastor is, not tr- is trying to ask this question without a ton of scriptures. But today we're going to look at this because this is what I want to say before we dive into this. Most importantly, we can learn about God. We're going to learn more about him. But we also need to understand that we can know him personally. 
And I want to start with that because I, I want you to know that I do know God personally. I have some of the, the best stories of my life because God has been a huge part and a real part of my life this morning. You know, we can know about him. So, like, we know who Michael Jordan is. We know about him, right? We know some facts about him. We know that he is the goat of basketball, Okay, I think I just made enemies in this room, but whatever. I'm a 90s girl, okay? So we know about Michael Jordan. We know facts about him. But do you know him? Do you know him personally? Do you know what he likes? Do you know what he dislikes? So I want you to grasp today. I want you to ask this question as I'm preaching. Who is God and do I know him personally? Because you can know him personally. So... We're going to dive in. You know, we actually sang what I believe is the answer to this question today. And that was, we sang this song, and it was, I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is. Amen. We just answered the question. Now, we can't answer it in its entirety in this whole message, but the scriptures do tell us who God is. And that song that we sang, it's called the Apostles' Creed. And we need to understand that it is important for us to have a theological understanding of who God is. He is Father, He is Son, and He is Holy Spirit. He is three in one. It's a weird concept for us to understand, but that is who He is. Matthew 3.16 says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, He went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. In this scripture alone, we see the voice from heaven, God our Father. We see the Son, Jesus the Son, and we see the Holy Spirit. God is three distinct persons in one. Another way of saying this is we call him the triune God. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And scholars and and theologians and scientists have tried to wrap their mind around the Trinity and the triune God for as long as humanly possible. And someone once said, if you try to explain the Trinity, you will lose your mind. But if you deny it, you will lose your soul. It's very important that we understand, ask God to reveal to us a revelation of who he is. And that's my prayer for us this morning. And the, the, the Trinity is a bit of a mystery to our human minds, but I believe it is the answer to the question that we're trying to answer today. So I want to take a closer look at each part of the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Number one, the Father is God. The Father is God. Do you know that God introduces himself in the scriptures. There's a story in Exodus chapter 3 where Moses is walking along down the road and he hears a voice and he turns around and there is a giant bush on fire. It is called the burning bush. And God is speaking to Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to go set the slaves free, the Israelite people who were enslaved by the Egyptians. Would you go and set them free because I do not want them to be in slavery anymore. And Moses is like kind of freaking out. And he's like, God, say I do go and set the people free and go tell them that you sent me. Who do I say that your name is? He said, who are you? Can you imagine asking God, what is your name? 
And God actually answers in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14. And he says, God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. This is the first time we see God introduce himself in the scriptures. And the Hebrew word for this, so like we have to understand that we're back in the Hebrew culture times, okay? And right now we have a giant language barrier between our language and the Hebrew language and culture, right? And so we're going to try, though, to learn a little bit of Hebrew today. And so in the, the, the Hebrew word for I am who I am is called eh, yeah. Everybody say eh, yeah. Eh, yeah. It means I will be. God's, God's name means he is the one who is and who will be. When God gives a name for his people to call him, it conveys his dominion over all things, the source of his power and his eternal nature, I am. He is the self-sufficient, self-sustaining God who was, who is, and who will be. God is uncreated and created all things. He is the beginning and the end. He is all of these things. He is independent. He was there before the beginning of time. This is what I am, who I am. This is what the Hebrew word eh, yeah, meant. It encompassed all of God's sovereignty, that he is the God of the universe. And this is what that meant to the Hebrew people at that time. And did you know did you know that this name in the Hebrew culture, it was so powerful, it was to be so revered that the Hebrews actually made rules about whether you could say or write this name. And so they didn't do that. What they actually did is they started calling him Adonai, and they, they spelled it in all capital letters, Adonai. And then uh, as time went on, English Christians translated that into Jehovah. How many of you have heard the word Jehovah for God? So we see that God's name is incredibly significant. And as we move on into the Old Testament and even the New Testament, we see God start calling himself a different name, a profound name, a name that is within this, this name, I am who I am. We see in Deuteronomy 32.6, is this the way you repay the Lord, you foolish and unwise people? Is he not your father? your creator who made you and formed you. So here we see God calling himself father. He is our father. And so as we look at this, Jesus at this time comes into the, in the New Testament, we begin to read about Jesus, and Jesus calls God his father. And we begin to understand, Jesus is saying, I mean, I understand that you can have a personal relationship with this God. You can have, you can know him. And Jesus goes as far to say that he is our Abba Father. And this was crazy at the time because at the time you would never use Abba in such a personal way. You would, you would never use it in a corporate way, I'm sorry. You would use it in more of a personal way. An Abba Father is someone that you have experiences with, that you make memories with. Abba Father is the one that you sit at the table with because you're family. And the people back then did not, this was new to understand that God could be known so deeply personable. So while Jesus had a father-son relationship with God, throughout the Gospels, we see Jesus inviting people like you and me to also have a relationship with our Father. Do you remember in Matthew 6, the way Jesus taught us to pray? He taught us to pray. He said, when you pray, I want you to say, our Father. 
our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So it's common for us to see God in this personal, intimate way. But it was not common when Jesus in the New Testament was walking around saying, you can know God. You can know him. You know, I was adopted from India. And so I never knew my biological father. But I had an adopted father who stepped in and raised me as a father. He's the only father I've ever known. Maybe for you, your biological father is the same father that raised you and cared for you and loved you. Or maybe for you, it was similar to my story. Maybe you had an uncle or a grandfather or somebody step in. But we have to understand that kind of like God, we were, God is kind of like our biological father who created us, but he's also our caretaker. So we have to take a step from just understanding God is our creator to understanding he is our caretaker. He is our father. He has a plan for your life and he loves you and he cares for you. This is our Abba Father. 1 John 3, 1 says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. So I want to encourage you today. Do you relate to God the Father as Abba Father? Do you know him personally? I want you to know about God, but I want you to know him personally as well. And so Jesus, in the New Testament, he says, the only way to have this Abba relationship with God the Father is through the Son. So who is God? He is God the Father, and he is God the Son. Number two, the Son is God. We see and we have evidence that at the very beginning, Jesus existed with God. John 1, 1 through 2 says this. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, the Word, Word, everybody following me? The Word, Word in the scripture is Jesus. Okay, so if we sub in Jesus' name in this scripture, it says, In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. In fact, the the Trinity, it teaches us that before the foundation of the world, God was having fellowship with himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Have you ever noticed in Genesis, God says, let's make man in our own image. Did you ever think about that? God was not alone. He embodied all three persons of the Trinity. We discussed in the New Testament when Jesus was being baptized, a voice from heaven, God the Father, said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. So Jesus is God's son, but Jesus is also God. Are your brains exploding right now? And so the son is sent. This is the best way to understand it. The son is sent from the father, and the son is the way to the father. Another way of saying it is that Jesus is the incarnational God. That's just a fancy word for saying this is God with human flesh. And Jesus came that we might have a way to know our Father. John 14 makes it very clear that Jesus makes some really strong claims in the scriptures. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, 
I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And people in the scriptures did not like this claim that Jesus made. And they wanted to kill him. And they wanted to stone him. And they did kill him. In John 10, 33, he's about to be stoned. And, and he says, why are you stoning me? Is it because of something that I've done? And he says, we are not, they say, we are not stoning you for any good work, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And if I'm honest, there's still the reality that we don't like this claim today. We want there to be many ways that people can get to God. But can I tell you, this was never meant to be exclusive. That from the creation of the world, God made a way through his son that all men, all people, everyone on this planet could know him. And so while we don't like this claim, it's a beautiful claim. It's a claim that marks who we are as believers. Amen? So in order to fully know God, we must first know Jesus, his son. Both because Jesus as the son is the way to the father and because Jesus himself as the son part of the Trinity is God. So I want to stop here for a second before we move on to the Holy Spirit. And I want to try to understand in the best way, and our, our human brains can't fully understand the Trinity, but I want to try the best way for us to maybe give some analogies for you on how we could try to understand this three persons in one. Now, some people use these analogies. These are not my analogies, so don't email me, okay? But we're going to try our best to understand this. The Trinity, here's an example of, of the way that we can look at the Trinity. The Trinity is not one plus one plus one equals three. It's more like one times one times one equals one. All three ones are identical yet separate. And at the end of the day, they are equal. Okay? Here's another one. Those of you that are food lovers, I see you out there. The Trinity is like a pretzel. Okay? The Trinity is like a pretzel. There are three holes in a pretzel. If you take away one hole, it is not the Trinity anymore. In fact, there's a story. I, I don't actually, I think it's a fable. I don't know how much of this is true. But there's a story about a monk who took one long piece of bread and he twirled it around into the shape of a pretzel. And that's how he was trying to share with children who the Trinity was. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So who is God? He is Father. He is Son. And God is the Holy Spirit. God is the Holy Spirit. So just like the Father was in the beginning, just like the Son was in the beginning, so was the Spirit. In the very first sentences of the scriptures, we're introduced to God's Spirit. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty and dark. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And just like that, we see the introduction to the Spirit of God. And if we move to the New Testament, we see Jesus doing something where he begins, he actually leaves the earth and he says he's going to give us the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 26, he says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. You know, it's interesting because I think for many of us, it's easy to say the Father is God. 
Jesus is God. He's the son of God. But when we start saying the Holy Spirit is God, people get a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird. There's different theologies, different beliefs, different experiences about the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit is kind of like this weird uncle. You know, we kind of look at him that way. But the reality is the Holy Spirit is just as much mentioned and important in the scriptures as Jesus is. So it's very important for us to see the Holy Spirit as God. It is profound that we recognize this. The reality is the Holy Spirit is a huge part. It's, it's God. It's a part of the Trinity that we must understand. So what does the Holy Spirit do? What is the role of the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit often operates through speaking or teaching or guiding and walking with people. You know that when I preach, especially a message like this, I say, oh, Holy Spirit, would you give me the words? Oh, Holy Spirit, would you enlighten people's hearts and their minds? Because I am but a mere human. But God, the Holy Spirit, he can awaken things, give you a revelation of who God is. Amen? And that's my prayer for you today. Jonathan Dobson says, the Holy Spirit is a divine person to be known, worshipped, and enjoyed. The Holy Spirit we see in the scriptures, he's the spirit of truth in John 14. He's the advocate or the helper in John 14 that we, like we just mentioned. The spirit's role is to teach us, to remind us of everything Jesus says that God is. And then if we go further into the New Testament, we see the spirit do something absolutely incredible. When Jesus dies, he rises again and he lives again by the spirit of God. And then we see in Romans 8, 11 says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. We can live within ourselves with the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Isn't that wild? The Holy Spirit is God. David Mathis uh, really does a good job of trying to explain the Trinity. He says, uh, he says, the Father planned it, the Son purchased it, and the Spirit preserves it. There's a way to look at that. You know, I want to tell you a story about the Holy Spirit. When I was a sophomore in high school, I, I was in youth group, and I loved God. I had been um, water baptized already years before that. But when I was in high school as a sophomore, we were, I was sitting in our church just a regular Sunday, and we had a guest speaker who came that morning. And I'll never forget we were sitting there, and I don't really fully remember what this guest speaker was saying but I, I had been hungry for Jesus. You know that if you're hungry for who he is, he will reveal himself for you. So I was hungry for more of who God is. And I had learned some great stuff in church, but I, I wanted to know more. So I'm sitting in church this Sunday, and all of a sudden, I kid you not, I could not manufacture this. I, I, I am a pretty down-to-earth girl, okay? So this is a real just crazy story. So I'm just sitting there on a Sunday morning, and I just feel the spirit of God come all over me. And I just could sense him and I could feel it. And, and part of me didn't really know what was happening, but my heart started to beat a little bit faster. 
And I started, I began to weep and I began to cry. And I just kept thinking about Jesus. And, and a part of me was a little bit freaking out because I was like, why am I so emotional? What is going on right now? And so I started looking all over the church for my mom because my mom taught me everything about Jesus and I'll, she will know what is going on. And so I start looking around and I find my mom and I go to her and I'm just weeping. I say, mom, I just, I just feel like the spirit of God is just here. And she goes, I can feel the spirit of God is here on you. And so she takes me to the front of the church, which we called the altar at the time. She, she talk, took me to the altar, and, and her and my dad and my pastor, they laid hands on me. And in that moment, I was what we call baptized in the Holy Spirit. And it's a different kind of baptism than baptism of water. The scriptures say that we can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a sermon for another time. But what ended up happening for me is that I was filled with the Spirit. And what that meant is, I don't know how to explain it, I just began to operate differently in my life with God. It felt like I was operating with more power and more revelation. I was more committed to Him. It's like in that moment when they were praying for me, I heard God in my heart, not the audible voice of God, but I heard Him through the Holy Spirit say, I love you. And I want to give you more of myself. And when I say that I have tasted and seen, and when I think back to that memory, it's a moment when I think I have tasted and seen the goodness of God in my life. This is how, this is an example of how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. You may, in moments of your life, been led by the Holy Spirit. He gives you discernment. He gives you wisdom. He helps us understand who God is. Another example of how the Holy Spirit works is several years ago when Pastor Pradeepan had a dream and God spoke to him about a city that we had never heard of called Bellevue to go plant a church. That's how God worked in a dream. We see in the scriptures, God through in Joseph worked through dreams. He interpreted dreams. God can give you dreams. It can be the Holy Spirit giving you dreams. Now some dreams are pizza dreams, just like Chinese food dreams. But some dreams, some things that are going inside of your heart, it's the stirring of the Holy Spirit in your life. And so who is God? I want to go back to this question that I asked you that I wanted you to think about. Who is God? He is Father. He is Son. And he is Holy Spirit. And do you know him personally? Do you know him personally? It is wild. It is unlike any other religion in the world to have God the creator that was there at the beginning of time also be the God you can have a personal relationship with. So I want to close with this. If everyone would just bow their heads and close their eyes here in this moment, I want you to imagine that you're kneeling down Maybe by your bed, maybe somewhere quiet in your room or in your house, in your, in your study, wherever. You're kneeling down. And I want you to imagine you're just calling upon the Father like Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven. My Father. My Abba Father. I want you to imagine that you're calling for him and, and you can trust him because he has a beautiful plan for your life. Now, I want you to imagine that Jesus is right there beside you, and he's with you. Jesus is there, and he's helping you to have a right relationship with the Father. Would you, in this moment, would you thank Jesus for his sacrifice, 
for making a way for you to know your Abba Father. Now I want you to imagine the spirit of God within you, empowering you to pray these prayers. This is who God is. He is the Father above you. He is the Son beside you. And he is the Spirit inside you. So, Father, right now, I thank you. Thank you for revealing to us. Thank you for showing us in your scriptures who you are. And, Lord, I pray that you would reveal yourself to each and every one of us, that we might have a personal relationship with our Abba Father. I thank you, God, for the way that you're revealing yourself to us. I thank you for these rooted groups. I thank you that we head, as we head into this next week, you are going to show us more of who you are. We are going to uncover lies that we have believed about you our whole lives. And we're going to call them out as lies. And we are going to bring truth about who you are. We're going to bring truth about who you are in this church and in our city. So, Father, we thank you. We love you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the Kalos Church Podcast. Hey, if you feel comfortable, we would love to see you and meet you in person. We meet at 945 and 1130 every Sunday at the Hilton Garden Inn in downtown Bellevue. If you want to join us, head to www.kalos.church. You can get all the information you need and sign up so we can make sure there's a safe place for you to come and experience the beauty of Jesus with you. We'll see you next time.